The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Going back to the college experience, we was broke. We didn't have shit. Like, we didn't have no money. Like, I was driving a 1996 Ford Ranger with a shell on the back. It's a pickup truck, basically. What year, what year was this? Nin- this is 2003, 2004. Because on my recruiting trip with you, we, we was in the Benz. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all you know I mean? I can't. Look, look. And then, look. Check it out. I, I mean, you know, I can't do no lying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then, listen, listen. Let's do lying. No, I'm not. Check it out. Yeah. My trip. I didn't have that <laughs> I can't make this up. Dwayne Jarrett was the wide receiver. He pull up in the range. What? I he said he lying. Stop playing, bro. Yo, look. Hey, he put extras on a it. A Benz? He put extras on it. A he put extras on it. He I'm put... so hungry. In the Benz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fight to get a meal, yeah. Wrongfully accused, we had to fight to get a pills. That's why we right to get a deal. He on the team, he gotta eat, you know. Despite your skills, fat. Keep it riding for the fam, you gotta light the wooden wheels straight up. But in the past, bad, work up in the trash bag. I'll pass a lot to take the test before I pass class. Yeah, and my family needed bread, I had to come correct. That's why I keep airing it out like I just passed gas. This is a big deal for you. It is. Not is. It's a big deal for you. I've never seen Shady start struck at all. <laughs> no, don't make that face, bro. I'm never struck. You've been talking about this for months. You've been talking no. about this. You've been talking about this. No, I, I have. <clears throat> the, the thing. This is why. First of all, as running backs, right? We both running backs. They try to write us off. They, they try to say we're disposable. They throw us away. And you talk to a guy that's played over ten years, right? Myself and Reggie. Reggie Bush, before I introduce this guy, let, let's talk about him real quick. When I was in high school, right, everybody was wearing the, 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 the um, area codes underneath their eyes, <laughs> right? Or anything that inspired them yeah. uh, from my mama and, and grandma. <laughs> right, right. Reggie was, was the first? Brett, he was yeah. the first one to do that. For he was real? the first yeah. one. Yeah. And, and, like, to keep it real, a lot of running backs, because back then, they was all bruisers. Let's think about it. My style, my, my, my skill set, my style, it come from Reggie Bush. I probably won't, you know. See, look, we look, argue, I won't tell y'all that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but just keeping it real, so when, when, when he came up on the board as far as we could talk to Reggie Bush, I'm like, dang. And we had a lot of great people. I mean, from Kyrie to all them guys, you know, Aaron Donald. But for me, it's was special because Reggie Bush, he's a trendsetter, yeah. right? And I just want to give you your flowers, man, and thanks for Appreciate coming that, on the show. Boy. You know ah. what I mean? And, yeah. and it was all the great. You get anybody got a football <laughs> No, no, look, and then to start off real quick, I'll give y'all a quick story. You know I love stories. I'm in high school. Now, obviously, since it's over now. 
it's no secret that USC break rules. Now, I mean, they, they break rules. <laughs> and uh, Pete Carroll, right? This is USC, USC. Pete Carroll, he, he comes to my high school, right? To see me. I was a big deal. I don't know if Pac-Man thinks that. I was a big deal. <laughs> Pete Carroll, right. So he only comes to see probably the top backs in the country. Anyway, <laughs> so he said, look, he said, listen, I'm going to have Reggie Bush reach out, this and that, and the third. I'm like, like he going to call me? I'm like, yeah. So a few times, Reggie Bush texts me. I'm like, oh. Well, you thought it was Reggie. You're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever it was. So then I have. Was it really you? <laughs> I take an official visit to USC, right? And he hosts me for the weekend, but it's only really for one night. He, he is Hollywood. You know what I mean? But I'm in high school, so we go to the mall. As we go to the stores, right? We see um at the time was a uh, remember the, the um he he go up to talk to Reggie like yo you know what I mean? And my eyes I'm a 17. I'm like this dude's a star. Reggie's like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up? Right. So we go into the store. Reggie says, yo, look, I was with my uncle. He said, yo, get whatever y'all want. They closed the store down. <laughs> Do you remember this? He probably remember this. I don't remember this. <laughs> Dog. Because it was his life. I was like, I was, I'm 17 at the time. He's probably. I remember hosting him. Right. I remember hanging out. And that's, you know, the I was way. like, bro. I don't remember going to the store. Dog. So, like, big time, big time. <laughs> y'all gonna lie. When he first came to um, Buffalo, I was like, man, like, like um um competitive. Oh, they bring Reggie in here. And then when I when I cause I was always a fan, but I knew he can play. But they say he was getting older. His first touch, you probably remember this. He went left, right. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's still gonna play. Like, oh. So I, I always like Bro, I played with this dude in Buffalo. Yeah. This dude, I swear to God, every day he had the locker room telling a story. That's right. He got some kind of story. He's telling right. the entire That's locker right. room. Hey, by the way, tell him about my how many times I whooped you and Tunk. You didn't tell him that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. tell him about yeah. beat the brakes off that boy and Tunk. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to talk about you that. The only one. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about that and Tunk. Y'all want me to learn something funny, though? <laughs> so we go to Buffalo. My mom and dad, my mom and dad married for like 38 years, so we real tight. And me, her, and my brother, and my dad, we all on the same text thread. So when he got there, he's like, oh, how's Reggie doing? I said, Reggie, cool, you know, he alright, cool. They're like, wait, so you ain't telling me you like a big fan? I'm like, nah, I'm like, nah, not ready. Hey, what up, what up, Reg? How you are? Alright, cool. Yeah. So well, look, when when did that click for you? When you realized that you were a star and you were different, right? Because in college, I mean, I, I was just a college football player. I was a student athlete. Yeah. UCF. So, you know, I don't know if it was because you were out here in LA. Wait, and you're rubbing shoulders with other athletes and artists. Yeah. Like, when did um, it click for you? Well, I always knew I was different. I always felt like that. Um, from the time I was young, um, when I first started playing football, um, the second game that I ever played, and, and before I get to that story, my mom my didn't want me to play football. She thought I'd get hurt, it's too aggressive, too physical. And so, you know, being a protector that she was, she wanted to protect me from, you know, those potential injuries or whatever it was. The game was way more violent back then. Y'all know it was way different back then. Right. So um, the second game I played, I had eight touchdowns <laughs> and 544 rushing yards in one game. And my parents were like, all right, it <laughs> good. It's going to be all right. <laughs> but um, I always knew I was fast and I always used that to, I think, my strength. You know, and whatever I did, you know, at school, you really find out like how nice you are in the schoolyard first. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's where you, that's where like my first memories of like playing football, playing basketball, and you start to just find out like who's nice. Yeah. And so, you know, once I got into football, 
it was it was uh, it was just like a big awakening for me. You know, I found um, my passion. I found a thing that I loved. I found a thing that I always wanted to do. And, um, you know, I was heavily influenced by the men in that sport. And so, you know, for me at that time period, I didn't have a great relationship with my real dad. My real dad's born and raised here in L.A., uh, went to Crenshaw High School. A lot of my family's from Inglewood. Yeah. Uh, but then I was raised by my mom and my stepdad in San Diego. So for me, not having that real father figure in my life, you know, like I wanted, like I needed, I turned to football. And so football really became the man of my life for me. And so, you know, the, my first coaches, I'll never forget. First coaches that I, ever, that I had uh, when I was nine years old, I started playing football when I was nine. And the first football coaches that I had were just very strict, very mean, what I thought was mean at the time, <laughs> very aggressive. And uh, so one guy is a little short Hawaiian dude, his name was Coach, uh, Coach Keola. And he was mean, he would make you do up-downs all day. And I could still hear his voice imprinted in my brain of when we had to do up-downs, he just had a sharp, just hit, hit, hit. And it just felt like he could go all day, you know what I'm saying? And so I think having him and then another coach, I was with him at the time too, his name was Coach Peely, and he was a Samoan dude. And you know, if you know any Samoans, big as hell, right? right? And so he was, those two coaches were kind of like the disciplinarians of our football team. And really, I felt like they kind of set the foundation for me, right? Because they taught me how to work hard. They taught me how to be disciplined. Um, They kind of set that foundation for me of what it meant, what it took, you know, to be be great. And um, I credit them because that was my first introduction to the sport. And, and that left a big impact on me. And so from that point on, I just, I kind of rolled with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You talked about, you know, the game being violent back then yeah. and being yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But also the mindset and the mentality is different from an athlete, for, from an athlete's perspective too, um, or athlete's approach. We talk about discipline, work ethic. Yeah. Bro, they don't work like, like we used to work. Uh-uh. They don't have that discipline. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Like they up playing games. They want to be streamers and gamers. It's different now. Yeah. Um, back to what Shady was saying. How did you get to USC? Mm-hmm. How'd you get to SC? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's like I, I you still didn't answer my question. Yeah. Right? Because you talked as... about football and the game. Mm-hmm. But I want to know when it clicked for you being in LA, coming from San Diego, coming coming yeah. to LA, and then it's like, yo. Get whatever you want, Shady. And then he yeah. drops the <laughs> Close the store. You in college. And I got a lot of stuff that day. I did. <laughs> um, you know, I think, uh, again, like I always knew I was different. And I tried to use that to my advantage. You know what I'm saying? I tried to be as different as I could from the rest of the pack because I felt like that separated me from everybody else. And... Um, you know, when I got to USC, so I was recruited also by Pete as well. I remember him coming to my high school. I think when you're getting recruited in high school and you start to feel, okay, now it's real. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm that much closer to my next, to that next step, which is the college level. That's when it starts to feel a little different. That's when you start to feel that shift, I think, internally. Right. That's when you start to feel that kind of like that, that shift around you where, you know, I'm on my way to that next stop, you know, wherever that's going to be. <clears throat> and so for me, in high school, I balled out, and, and, and 
you know, at the high school level, I think that's where I started to feel the difference because I was winning awards. We were, you know, winning every game. <clears throat> we were really good. Um, we had a, uh, a TV show that, it was only one TV show back then that covered all the high schools. And it was on uh, KUSI 9, it's called the Prep, Prep Pigskin Report. And so, Prep Pigskin pig Report. Report. Okay. That's what it was called. Pigskin's the football. They still got viewers. it. They still, and, it, and it, they still have the show. But that was like our <clears throat> ESPN, ESPN at the time. That was, uh, what was I was saying, ESPN, because I work for Fox, obviously. Yeah. But I don't oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be. Wait, wait, we work for Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we work for Fox. You know what I'm saying? about that. But that was like the first, you know, ESPN, like for us, you know, for high school football. And so when they show your highlights on TV, you're like, oh, like, that's me. You know what I'm saying? I'm on there mixing people up on the football field, putting their foot in the ground, creating highlights. And you start to see that, that immediate feedback, you know what I'm saying? And it becomes almost like a drug, like a high, like, okay, I want to do it again yeah. and do it again and do it again. And so I think at the high school level, that's when I started to separate myself. I think from everybody else, I started to work a little harder, longer, um, put more focus into the sport, uh, working out, lifting weights, and uh, just honestly trying to be the hardest worker on the football field. Who's like that? that that was always my goal everywhere I was at. Yeah. At college, at USC, um, you know, we we worked hard, man. We worked our ass off. And, and, and to me, I felt like I became a man at that stop at USC because the practices that we had, the battles that we had each and every day, it was like you know, we were trying to kill each other. You know what I'm saying? Linebackers was trying to knock the running backs heads off, you know, in one on one pass blocking drills or, you know, one on one, you know, routes. Um, you know, or seven on seven or nine on yeah, seven. It was All different that shit. back then. It was different. You can't touch nobody in practice. It was none. a bloodbath. And so those, those that that time, that stop. You know, really, I, I felt like um, helped me to, be, to become a man because a lot of the things that I learned at that stop, um, the things that I had to go through um, at that stop, it all built me up to be the man I am today. And so, you know, as far as the celebrity factor, I felt yeah, like the celebrity factor. Messy. See, that's what I wanted. I felt he, like he the celebrity like, factor. Oh, the celebrity factor started in at, at USC. So, you know what I'm saying? My question is like, for us. You, you was the mecca of the media, mm -hmm. like the value of fame that you yeah. had early on, college. And I said, they might not want to say like, and from the people that you was with and dating, yeah, yeah, you know, the Kim Kardashian, yeah, so, yeah. you know, from the yeah. outside, look, we like, God damn, he got everything. <laughs> he got everything. Like, was it healthy? Was it not healthy? Like, how did you deal with the volume of fame that you, you had young? Like, I think um, there was, some good and some bad. Um, I think for me at that time period, I was dealing with, <clears throat> I was still dealing with a lot of the Heisman stuff. And mm -hmm. so at that time period, when I'm deeply immersed into Hollywood because of you know who I'm dating and stuff like that, um, that was not the best time for me because I was hurting on the inside. You know what I'm saying? I was still messed up on the inside. And the thing is-, is What was is, hurting? What do you mean you're dealing with Just spiritually, stuff? I was broken. From is that when they took you? Told me when they took it. Heisman? Yeah, from from losing the Heisman Trophy. Oh, I was never gave that back. I probably shouldn't have. You probably right, but oh, you you wait. We'll go up. back to that story. We're gonna go back. I got a story for that. But you gave you gave. I gave it back. Oh, Hold on, damn. But yeah. I got a story. I got a it's a story for that. But I was spiritually on the inside broken, and I was and I was hurt. 
What year was this? Because when you, because like we, you're talking about college, thousand six, and then you talked about Heisman. So you obviously you won yeah. it, but then you gave it back. So a this was years. like my first five years in the league when I was at New Orleans. You still was carrying that? Yeah, we yeah. was still there. Was I mean yeah. there was the investigation. I don't know, remember how long the investigation went on, but just from giving it back, but just dealing with it too. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing is, is that when you go through trauma, right, and, and it, that could be in a relationship level it could be football it could be anything but when you go through trauma um how you deal with that trauma i think is is the next step is what's next and a lot of us don't deal with our trauma the right way you know what i'm saying a lot of us internalize it um especially when you're in a position when you got a lot of money and you're young and maybe you're not you don't have a ton of guidance the right guidance you know that that can be toxic you know what i'm saying at that time period and so for me there was just you know partying or just not focusing on bettering myself as a as an athlete because there was a lot of summers I felt like I I wasted time you know what I'm saying I felt like there were summers there was times where I was just wasting time and I should have been putting more into my craft you know what I'm saying more into the sport giving back more into just my body because at, at some point you know our bodies start to fail us in the sport injuries and all that kind of stuff so for me I think going through the Hollywood portion of that and being deeply immersed in that while I was still spiritually broken on the inside uh, was toxic for me. What did that look like in the off season when you talk about deep in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Just partying, going out, partying, um, you know, vacationing here and there and just blowing money, going to clubs, spending money. Um, you know, just, we all did that. We all did that. That's the, that's but I, but I feel like, I feel like you know, you got you lived in, you lived in L.A. Yeah. You lived in Atlanta, right? There's some Atlanta, New York, L.A. is jumping. A lot of guys they set up shop in the off season in some of those places. Yeah. So that the lifestyle was different for for y'all. Nowadays, I feel like <clears throat> all our athletes have these distractions. Mm-hmm. We wasn't traveling like that back then. I'm talking about I'm talking about the league. Pack, you was different. <laughs> I was somewhere every weekend. Yeah, yeah. but but most All guys, season. most guys, exactly. doing that's what I'm saying. guys yeah. wasn't, but guys wasn't traveling to LA. Guys wasn't going to Paris for Paris for Fashion Week. Guys wasn't no. going. Guys wasn't well, we going, was going to Miami. Miami. We, 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 we were going, going to New York. Yeah. <laughs> we was going yeah. to you know Texas, Vegas, Dallas, Houston, Vegas. Right. And 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 going hard, blowing money. You know what I'm saying? And and partying and living it up and enjoying because that's the thing about when you get hurt, right? When you when you when you go through trauma when you go through these experiences and if you don't deal with it head on right you you, you internalize you find other ways to, to 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 deal with it right like you you find other ways to, to cope with it please to cope with it right to please your flesh or whatever that is you know what i'm saying and so for me um you know i really felt like those those time periods where you know there's times where i wasted time where i should have been putting more, more back into the sport into my body and um you know that's it so how so if you had to go in time, right? Because you, you talk about things you would have did, but like, what what are some of the things that, in, in detail, mm-hmm. you would tell that Reggie Bush that was going through the stuff with the Heisman, yeah. dating the celebrity girl, and trying to manage my NFL career? What would you tell that Reggie Bush? It's just a celebrity girl, say her name. Like, oh, Kim oh Kardashian. God, oh, <laughs> I don't have a beef with her. I like I like him. I'm just trying to be respectful to my brother. Because we all know Kim wait, Kardashian. Oh, wait, Put a name on it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What in the Kardashian Kim, the younger one? My bad. Let me not get excited. But how would you deal with all that? Telling that Reggie Bush now, like, um, 
man, I would. That's that's a, that's such a great question. Bro. I do ask the best questions. Um, <laughs> because I would have. So this is what I would have told myself. I would have told myself. I would have dealt with. Because at that time period, I didn't feel like there was anybody that I could relate to. Who has been through this? You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Who has been through the shit that I'm dealing with right now that I'm going through every single day, the stress that I'm dealing with, the, the internal you know, hurt and pain that I'm dealing with, the relationships, all this stuff meshed into one big ass, you know what I'm saying, life experience. And I never felt like there was somebody that I could reach out to that could relate to the Heisman Trophy. You know what I'm saying? Could relate to, you know, the Hollywood fame portion of it. Could relate to, you know, what we're doing at USC, playing right. the national championships every year. Um, you know, I never felt like there was anybody I could relate to. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why I say that can be a toxic place because, you know, when you feel like there's nobody to talk to, and you just figure it out on your own. You know, you try to go deal with it on your own. And, you know, a lot of times that depending on, you know, where you are in life, it can go either way. Did you, know you did you ever talk to a therapist back then or you ain't, did you ever? Football was my therapy. That's, that's Football crazy. Football was my therapy. That's crazy B because I'm sitting here thinking like, damn, I've been in the same similar situation, mm -hmm. but not with football. You right. get what I'm saying? So I just, when I got suspended with the Vegas thing, yep. I'm like, God damn, who can I call just to- Who been through this? Just to give me some kind <laughs> of comfort. Advice. Yeah, advice. I know that everything is gonna be okay. Exactly. And then you know I, I shut I shut down from everybody. Like just me in the house, which was yeah. the worst thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you admit, because you the, the man you are, you gonna turn like, no, I can handle this. I'm right. gonna deal with it on my own. Right. And 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 if I had the resources that I had now, as far as the people I talk to weekly, you know what I mean? Having different outlets for when things are a little bagged up and, and getting some kind of yeah. confirmation. Um, that's hard though, bro. That's, that's hard. hard. It's just, it just amazes me, you know, that we're having this discussion, right? Because Reggie Bush, USC, Heisman Trophy winner, you go on to the New Orleans Saints, drafted in what, top five? Were you top five? Number two overall. Oh, number second, two, like, that's pick. a big difference. <laughs> number two overall. <laughs> he was number, number two, two overall. Then y'all yeah. won the Super Bowl, but a couple years later, you know, you live in that Hollywood lifestyle, which I think that's part of the journey. Yep. You understand? So it's like, I mean, what are you going to do when you're 24, 25? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to enjoy mm -hmm. some of it. Not everybody but you were struggling. Yeah. Pac-Man, same thing. You were picked what? Six? Six. Yeah. Six overall. Pac-Man Jones. And I remember I remember when he got drafted, all the chains that he had the Pac-Man. <laughs> I'll never forget that, bro. He had the Pac-Man. You had the Pac-Man yeah. chain on it on yeah. the, when you got drafted, the right? Big Pac-Man. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I thought that was so dope. <laughs> so That was fun. So... You know, the, when you don't have somebody that you feel like you can relate to, you know what I'm saying, that's, and you got a lot of money, you got a lot of yes men around you, right. you know what I'm saying, you got a lot of people around you that's trying to benefit, you know, from where you are in life, um, again, that can be a toxic place, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, you know, for me, like I said, football became my therapy, right. you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't know, where would, where would we, any of us be without football? Without right. You know what I'm saying? Like football, yeah. say, we don't even know the things that football saved us from. What? You know what I'm saying? But I felt like at that time period, being able to go to the facility, being able to go into practice and hit somebody or lift some weights, or it was just, that was my time away. That was like my peace. The football field became my sanctuary. 
which is crazy because when you think about it, the football field is the most unpeaceful place. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the Volatile, loudest place. Toxic. It's the craziest. It's the most volatile. That was my joy, though, too. It's, exactly. Yeah, that was. That think was, about. You get to get away from all the outside exactly. noise. Yes. And for these, whatever the it block, is, three hours, you know yeah. what I mean? Nobody can get to you. Nobody. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You can't answer your phone. Damn so let me ask, let me ask y'all this question. We go around. 2006, mm-hmm. 2002 to 2006, you was at SC. 2003. 2003 yeah. to 2006, you were at SC. Yeah, we, we, we did it for four years, five years. Like, then you get drafted. I, I only went three, Shady. Uh, know your facts. <laughs> so go anywhere. I didn't go to Juco or none of that we shit. We're going to get like four degrees. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I was four done, but anyway. Then you get drafted in 2006, yep. right? Stay with the Saints for a few years. So, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy any of that time? And and I'm a, I'm asking you the same thing, and you the same thing too. Like, did you enjoy college? Did you enjoy oh, the I first part college. of your NFL? So I, I, of course, I enjoyed college. College was the the most amazing stop of my life. I loved <laughs> no everything deals, about it. No nothing. Bruh, it was just yeah. It's football. You know what I'm saying? The business is not. There's no business side of it. That's you know. You know what I mean? You get into contracts. It was a little the, different. <laughs> chill out. No business. <laughs> <laughs> Big business back then. No contracts. <laughs> There's no agents. There's like none. Of, we're not getting involved in none of this. It's just let's go out here and let's we got to play football. You know what I'm saying? It's me versus you. It's me versus you. We're gonna see what time it is at the end of the day. And and for me, I love college because, like I said, I became a man at that stop. And so, I think the thing for me, like I said, I was doing, I was going through a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt. When I got drafted to New Orleans, I had to quickly switch my focus because I got there five months after Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And so mm. there was nobody there. The place, you know, looked like a looked like a war zone. You know what I'm saying? There's wow. I remember you had there was curfew. Um you had to be inside by like eight, nine o'clock. Where? Um 
I mean, one or two fast food restaurants was open, Sonic's and like, you know, some other restaurant, Popeye's. That was it that was open at that time period. And so- Damn, that's crazy. He coming from Hollywood to that. Hollywood like, to that. Like, from LA, right. immersed <laughs> into this, and it was a life-changing experience. Is that, me, bro. is that the reason why your agent didn't want you to go? To the Saints. Yeah, so the reason, so yeah, see, when I'm getting drafted, so this is the night before the draft, right? I'm supposed to go number one overall to Houston. Um, my agent had been talking to Houston's uh, GM, Charlie Cassidy, at the time, the entire process, through the entire process. I didn't even interview, you know, you go to the combine, I didn't even interview with the other 31 teams because they was just like, he's not going to be here. Wow. So I only interviewed That's with a Houston, good feeling, Texas. Boy. You're right. Yeah, I, I only too. spoke to Houston. That was it. So everything I'm thinking is I'm going to Houston. I'm looking for property down there already. And then the night before, we find out on ESPN that Mario Williams is going first on the ticker. Ah. Oh, you said we found out. Oh, wait, you didn't know until the. Uh... They didn't call us, no nothing. Oh. Right? We found out. Dun, dun, dun. You see the thing come across? Mario Williams, number one pick. We was like, what the? And so my agent's calling. Um, and then we obviously the Saints got the second pick, and then the Jets have the third pick. So my, at that time, Saints don't have a home stadium. You know, it right, just went right. through all the destruction. Did not want to go there. And it's like that's probably not the best situation to go into. And my agents was like, we want to go to New York, third mm. pick, big city, marketing. Market, market, you know, what I'm saying you gonna make a lot more money. Um, so I was like, you know, kind of sold an idea, like, all right, let's do it. Um, but Sean Payton, so my agent called Sean Payton and was like, hey, don't draft us. We're not, we not coming. <laughs> don't draft us, right? And Sean's like, this verbatim, fuck you. I'm drafting Reggie Bush and hung the phone up. <laughs> that sounded like Sean Payton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swear to God, hung the phone up. And then Drew Brees called me, like, right after that. And they had just signed Drew. And uh, I was still just all over the place. I didn't know what to think. And so Drew called me. He was like, hey, man, listen, I just played with LaDainian Thomason. I think he's one of the greatest running backs I ever played with. But I think you have an opportunity to be just as good or better. And I can't wait to play with you. Mm -hmm. And it was like right there on the spot that just changed everything. My, the, the way I felt about the place I was going. It just in that time period, it felt good to be wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so Drew call you. It's like, all right, let's go do this. You know what how, I'm saying? How's your relationship with Coach Payton? Like, Great. Love Coach. I'm not surprised by his response yeah, to Yeah, that's to how Siegel. coach that's how coach is. And and y'all stay y'all still communicate? Still tight. Yeah. Coach and coach is at Fox now with us. Yeah, he Fox. Does, yeah. He does a pre pregame show. But um, you know, I, I think here's the thing about that situation. When I look back on it, thank God I went to New Orleans Saints. Because at that time period when I was dealing with a lot of hurt and pain, it was like New Orleans was right there to pick me up. You know what I'm saying? And became, it just gave me a new focus. Once I went down there, once they took me down there after I got drafted and I flew down there, the first thing they took me to was to the Ninth Ward, to all the, to all the hoods, everywhere where all the destruction was. And you could see the water lines on the houses. There was a spray paint number on the house with a number of bodies that was found in the house. Oh. And then, and this was all through, you know, all through New Orleans. And so I think as soon as I landed, they took me there. Seeing that, it just completely shifted like my purpose. Mm. And I started to feel like, okay, I got a new purpose now. I got to lock in and focus on, I got to leave this college stuff behind me. I got to leave this Heisman stuff behind me because these people need me right now. You know what I'm saying? 
And I didn't realize as much as they needed me, I needed them. I needed something like that at that time period to be able to shift my purpose so I could stop thinking about and stop hurting over what was happening at the college level. You know what I'm saying? And so going into that situation in New Orleans and then winning a Super Bowl four years later, I mean, I couldn't have scripted a better story. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, and that's the thing is sometimes we can be our worst enemy. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we got to learn how to let go and let God. You know what I'm saying? And look where it took me. Had I went to the New York Jets, holy, oh, trash, trash. Relax, trash. relax, relax. <laughs> yeah, the Jets, that's my team, that's my team. <laughs> we would have been trash. But nah, it's, um, you know, looking back on just experiences I went through um, in New Orleans, the people I met down there, going down there and physically helping people rebuild homes, getting on top of these houses and just seeing their face, hearing the thank yous, hearing the, you know, the support that we had the entire time that we was down there, um, to just really changing the culture. You know, to everything I went through down there, man, I just, I'm so grateful that I ended up going there because it really changed my life and just gave me a new perspective on life. And I just started to, I felt right there in the spot, like the stuff I'm dealing with is not as important mm. as the stuff these people are dealing right, with right. and going through. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going through way worse. I'm over here stressing and hurting over something that is gonna get is gonna get fixed anyway at some point in time. I knew that that situation would correct itself. Um, I it? just had to kind of let go. Did it? It's yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you got the trophy back. It's on the way back. It's always on the way back. back. It's coming back. How, how important is that to you? Like that, you see it in his eyes. Like that's like <laughs> it's this on the way back. He went through years of trauma. Absolutely, absolutely. Why is that so important? And why did you give it back? Um, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. You gotta know that story. <laughs> here's the thing. And at the time period, first of all, I didn't want to give it back. I was forced to give it back oh. because the Heisman Trust. So here's the thing. I interviewed with one guy from the NCAA, and that was it. Um, the Heisman Trust and the NCAA are two separate businesses, two okay. separate. Okay. They don't, they don't work together. But I never interviewed with the Heisman Trust, or we had a conference call. So they made a decision to take the Heisman Trophy based on a conference call and based on, you know, some information that was given that they basically got through the NCAA. The issue with that is the NCAA didn't do their homework, you know what I'm saying, which led to just a bunch of lies, bro, honestly, just a bunch of lies. And, um, you know, so most recently, T-Mac, Todd McNair, you know T-Mac, was my running back coach at USC, and... Um, hold, hold on, before you go there, and I know people, Brandon, stop cutting off Reggie. Yeah, and, uh, shut go up. ahead. Bro, like what Shady said, like, you ain't have to physically give it back, though. Like, you I literally went in your crib and took it off right, the shelf right, right, right. and packed it up and shipped it to... But here's, here's the thing. Couldn't have been me. You, it wouldn't have been you? I can't find a trophy. Me. <laughs> I don't know where it's at, sir. Come look for it. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> what? Here's the thing. The Heisman? Right. What? When, when they came back and they said that they were going to strip me of the Heisman trophy, no matter, regardless, at that time I was like, well, why would I keep a pointless trophy? You know, something that has no value to it. You know what I'm saying? If you guys say that you're going to strip me of this trophy, then I'm going to give it back to you. And at that time period, I, I got to be honest, I did not 
um, know when it would come back, but I knew at some point in time I was going to get the Heisman Trophy back. And um, that was more of a spiritual feeling, bro. I have to be honest. It was more of a spiritual feeling that I had on the inside. It was, it was a let go and let God moment because the human side of me was like, F y'all. I'm not giving this back. I, you, I, like you said, I won this. You know what I'm saying? I, I grinded for this. I, I worked for this. And so for me at that time, I had to just let go and let God. Like, you know what? I'm going to return it. But I know at some point in time, the facts are going to come out. Right. The truth is going to come out. Right. And here we are. You know what I'm saying? NCAA obviously had to nine nothing with the Supreme Court ruling. Mm. And now, you know, kids can benefit off their name, image, and likeness. Um, which I think is, an, is a great thing, but... You would have cashed out. But you as far as my out. story goes, <laughs> as far as my story goes, where I was getting to, uh, my running back coach at the time, T-Mac, Todd McNair, um, filed a lawsuit against the NCAA oh, for he, defamation yep. of character. Yep. And because the way it works, the only way that the NCAA can penalize you is they have to link somebody from the university with knowledge that what, whatever, whatever was happening. Happened. They said that T-Mac oh, oh. knew what was happening and he was a part of it, right? And so another example would be Penn State, right? The reason why they hit Penn State so hard over the Jerry Sandusky was because Joe Paterno, they found out, knew no. about everything that was happening, right? Right. right? On campus. So they found out he knew, which is why they brought down the hammer. Well, in my case, it was T-Mac, right? And T-Mac filed this lawsuit against the NCAA back uh, 2010, yep. maybe. Oh. Right. They just settled the case about six months ago. Wow. Right. And so, T Mac won eight million. NCAA had to pay him eight million dollars. <laughs> so what you got to understand is now the biggest link to whatever case the NCAA felt like they had, they just lost to him. They just had to pay him eight million. And that's how you. And get that's. It. Sorry. And that's how y'all got to the, the that's like how the we're getting back. to, yeah. you know, back to the Heisman Trophy, because like I said, there are a lot of lies that were told, you know, during my story. Um, and you've never, ever seen me talk about it, talk about it ever. Yeah, I've never, never sat it. down. I've never spoken to anybody about it, because like I said, when I went to New Orleans, I had to quickly shift my focus and focus on that. But also I knew at some point in time the truth was going to come out. So you can you, because a lot of people watching this may not know the story. Yeah. Can you just get everybody caught up to speed on exactly what the NCAA said you did or didn't do? Honestly, I'm not even 100% sure what they said I did or didn't ah, do. I know. The point is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the point is but I'm talking about from, didn't know nothing I'm, talking about, I'm talking about from a specific, specific thing. If you go back and read the report, is very vague on the things that they're alleging that I did. And, and the other thing you have to understand is my case is built off of hearsay. Right. Oh, no yeah, factual right. evidence. The NCAA never proved anything against What did me. they say you did? Because I never read that. They, they said we were taking money and, and that was, I guess that was it. But here's the thing. Pay for house about, rent. Here's the thing about the house. They never spoke to my parents. NCAA never interviewed <laughs> my parents. What? They never spoke to my parents, ever. Not once. 
I'm the only person that was, was investigated and, and had a conversation with the NCAA, right? They never spoke to my parents. They, my roommate, they put my roommate at my time, my best friend, Thomas Williams, they put him into a room by himself, no representation. They at one end of the table, he all the way at the other inside of the table, and it was literally like they were just throwing out pictures and stuff like, oh, do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? Right. Who's this? What's this? And that, that was for the most part it. They never spoke to anybody else. I mean, they, they, they spoke to T-Mac, um, and they spoke to this one other guy who was responsible, you know, basically for me um, losing the Heisman Trophy. But he, but the NCAA never spoke to my parents, you know, nothing like that. So what you got to understand is in my case, nothing has ever been proven. Right. Nothing. They've never proven anything. There was never been any proof that I was given all this money. Um, all these things were just alleged. Right. But there was no factual evidence. And so going back to the house, what he just said, Right. Omar Kelly, super producer. Right. So there was this house my parents moved into. He took some water. Yeah, he had yeah. some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some there was this house my parents moved into. Um, and the reason why my parents moved into this house was because they used to live in a, a, a townhome. And they were renting this townhome. Um, my parents come home one day, eviction letter on the door, they gotta move out. Not because they weren't paying rent, but because the owners weren't paying the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so when the owners weren't oh, paying right. the mortgage, okay. the okay. bank came and foreclosed on it, and my, my parents gotta move out. And so now they're in a spot where they're looking for a crib, they got nowhere to go. There's some guys that are family friends of ours. Uh, one of the guys named Michael Pettiford owns a house that he has, and I think part of his business was real estate. He had a couple different properties. So my parents moved into this house um, as a last minute resort because this was, all of this was sudden, all of this was happening, you know, um, just kind of thrown on them. This wasn't, they weren't warned about this or anything like that. And so when they moved into this house, it was kind of like a short term, just to help us move into a place until they could find out where that next place was gonna be, right? right? But moving into that house was the house that the NCAA plastered all across the world as if this was a house that was given to us as a part of me, you know, my name, image, and likeness being sold for whatever. I, I don't know what they think. But the NCAA, what I just told you, that my parents had to move out of the house, the original town home because they were being evicted, the NCAA does not know that piece of information right now. Mm. They have never, ever heard that because they didn't do their homework. It's a sloppy investigation. Oh. Everything about the investigation was sloppy. They didn't do their homework. They didn't, they didn't talk to my parents. They didn't talk to any of our family members, anything. They just got information, hearsay information from one guy. And that's what that's- What's, that's, what's broken about the NCAA? Because you've been through this experience. You also talked about, you know, in, like in 2020, I read something where you said, if what happened to you never happened, we probably wouldn't be here when it comes to what you said, name, image, name, likeness, image likeness, nil, right? Yeah. College athletes can now monetize their name, image, likeness. Yeah. And, the, and the thing was, I wasn't trying to monetize off my name, image, and likeness. That's the craziest thing. Like, name, image, and likeness, that's a whole separate deal yep. as far as my situation, right? I had, we had family friends, 
um, that we entrusted, that we thought were literally people who were going to church with us. You gotta understand, these dudes was going to church with my parents. They had a close relationship. And so the guy that my parents, uh, the house they ended up moving into, was a guy who was a family friend, somebody they trusted, mm. not somebody who was coming to us on my behalf to try to sign me to anything. Like we known, I, had, I met them uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. So I had known them for a while, known their family, everything. Um, and like I said, they were going to uh, church with my parents. And so, you know, you go to church with somebody's family, like... Your family. Your family. You know what I'm saying? And so these were people that we trusted, um, you know, that, you know, ended up, you know, going to the NCAA, sitting down with the NCAA, and telling the NCAA lies about things that, and with no factual proof, you know what I'm saying? And so you asked me what's broken about the NCAA? Um, I, you know, as far as my case, it was just, it was a sloppy investigation. Um, there was something that did not need to happen, did not have to happen. And it could have been fixed very easily if they simply just did their homework. You know what I'm saying? When, when we were all waiting for whatever the ruling was going to be, I, I swear, I, I swear to God, we all thought it was going to get thrown out because of just lack of, in, lack of evidence. So we felt like this case about to get thrown out because they literally have no evidence. They got nothing. And when they came back with the ruling, we was like, what the, f are you serious? Yeah. Like, how? Like, how did you get to that, you know, from the, so, just the lack of evidence that y'all have? I hear you talking about, like, the process yeah. in the system. Mm -hmm. That's black and white. Can mm -hmm. you prove it or not, right? Mm -hmm. Did I do it or not? You got me on camera. You, do you have the facts down? Yes mm -hmm. or no? Um, what I, what I'm not hearing is, you know, what you could have done differently. I'm not trying to grill you and put well, you in a hot seat. Why would he do well, what, I, what I'm saying is, like, well, what I'm saying is, right, you got Neil. We know the whole system was broken from the beginning. It was flawed from the beginning. Flawed from the so beginning. So we, we can look at your situation and, and say, well, they didn't prove it. So they should have never ruled on it, right? Should have never went that way. Yeah. But there could be a situation where it's like, you know, yeah, I may have done something here or there, right? Nothing. There's, I, there was never anything in that situation that I felt like I did wrong. Nothing. Not at all. Not one thing. Hmm. Because what you also got to understand is that, like I just said, these guys were family friends of ours. Two guys. One guy's name is Michael Michaels. And the other guy's name is, uh, I mean, uh, Michael Michaels, and the other guy's name is Lloyd Lake. And these are two guys who were friends of ours. Like I said, family, friends, known them since, since high school, right? My family is cool with their family. Um, when somebody hides their identity from you, or who they truly are, um, they're doing it for a reason. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of hiding your identity? So. Both these guys are convicted felons, both of them convicted felons. And the NCAA did not care to check their police record, did not care to put any value to the fact that maybe these dudes are trying to blackmail us or maybe these dudes are, you know, lied to right. us about right. who they were. When you yeah. hide your identity from somebody, you're doing that for a reason, right? And so. These dudes hid their identity of who they truly were. I had, we had no idea they were convicted felons. We had no idea. 
And the NCAA did not care to go and check that information. Look at the history of the guys that you're sitting down with. Right. Who are they? What right. are they? Right. One, of the, one of the dudes, Lloyd Lake, got a police record as long as the Cheesecake Factory menu. I mean... Goddamn, he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... If the NCAA just did a little homework, bro, that's all, that's, that's all we asked for. Just do a little homework. You know what I'm saying? Do a little research. Do a little... Uh, do the situation justice. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it deserves. And it was just held... It was just handed, um, handled very sloppy. And I'll never forget... Um, at the time, Paul D, a guy named Paul D, um, Paul D used to be the athletic director at University of Miami uh, when Miami was at its height. Um, and if you know the years, story years, of Paul years, years, D, years ago. you know the story of Paul D. Paul D um, also was fired for his role with the Ponzi scheme with the guy who yep. was running the, the U. He was giving him money, donation, all that stuff. So Paul D became, was boys with this dude. They proved he was dirty, fired him. Two years later, Paul D is the head judge over my case. Whoa. Whoa. So Damn. now you got to understand, like, there's so many layers to my story, right? It's not just, oh, you know, he gave the Heisman Trophy back, or it's, it's deep, it's way deeper than that. And these are things that I've never spoken about, I've never talked about. You talked about, so earlier you were talking Hold on, about, let me get back go. to what I was gonna say. Yeah. So Paul D puts out uh, a statement, I forget who he was interviewing with, but i never forget, it said, um, high profile athletes deserve high profile compliance. And that was his statement about me when he was going through the Heisman and, and why they came down with the penalty. And I just never forget at that time, just feeling it was just, it was a double standard. Cause this dude literally was boys with the guy who was <laughs> Ponzi scheme, stealing money from people and investing and doing whatever he was with it, giving it to the U, all this stuff. And this guy is the head judge over my case. Why is that? Wow. Why is he the head judge of my case? This is the dirtiest dude that you could have possibly found right. to be the head judge of my case. Right. So I'm not Paul D, but I have to assume in that situation, he wants to vindicate himself. Right. I got to prove to these people I'm worthy. I'm not this thief that they thought I was. So let me come in here and let me be the judge over this case. And let me prove myself. This is one of the biggest cases in the history of the NCAA yeah. just fell right in my lap. What am I going to do? What are you going to do wow. when you feel like you got to prove yourself again? You going you gonna to try to... You over it? Because you talked about internalizing... Internalizing... The trauma. Yeah. Right? Am I... Are you over it? Have you forgiven the NCAA? Because right now you're sitting here and you're adamant about but like, this is the I ain't first do time nothing. he don't really have I know. He don't really to let loose on everything. You, I haven't really spoken about it. Well, you're not to a therapist, not to your to Lil, your wife. I mean, my wife, yeah, she know everything. So are you yeah. over it? Like not over it, but have you have you? This dealt story with is it? not over. <laughs> he, I, how am I going? It's still yet. going. 
Yeah. That's the thing that people had to understand about my story is that the case has always been open. It's never been closed. Because this, the T-Max lawsuit against the NCAA took 10 years for him to win, 10 plus years. I knew, I had, I knew at the time period, once T-Max filed the lawsuit, I knew, you know, I was thinking maybe three years, four years, he would win, and then that's when yeah. I would then be able to give them, you got physical proof now, you can't, you can't get out of this. Right. Now you got physical proof that y'all lied. You know what I'm saying? And I just didn't think it was gonna take 10. So how do, how, how do they make it right with you, if they can at all? How do they make it right with you? Getting back my Heisman Trophy, that's where y'all can start. <laughs> but, mm. you know, the Heisman, so my attorneys have been in conversations and have been talking to the Heisman Trust um, and the NCAA. And so what you gotta understand is when T-Mac won the lawsuit, the, the case, $8 million, I don't know if you guys remember last year, the NCAA released a statement basically saying that they weren't going to go back and visit, revisit any cases. And then they also added a tag at the end at the bottom, paid for play, basically insinuating that I was paid to play, which at that time period, when that statement was released behind closed doors, they had just settled this case. Mm. So you're releasing a statement about me mm. while behind closed doors, you, just got you trying to clean up and yeah. sweep up. You know what's happening what's going on you know what i'm saying with with the defamation of character lawsuit which is their biggest link to penalizing us mm. you know what i'm saying so for me at that time period you releasing a statement about me you're spreading a lie about me it's not true and behind closed doors you're trying to clean up you know clean up the evidence right so the reason why it wasn't blasted all over media is because they got a non-disclosure agreement mm. So a non-disclosure agreement keeps it quiet. Yeah. Mm. So now, just get swept under the rug. You know what I'm saying? And so you gotta understand, that's who I'm dealing with. That's the kind of people I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? This thing big. So you can't you. It's like a gang. Yeah, yeah it's like a like no, big no gang. gang mafia. <laughs> you know like what the, I'm saying? The like, what, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Right. You know what I'm saying? The same people who reinstated Joe Paterno before me after right. what happened on that, on that campus. So those, yeah. Bro, bro you know I, I gotta be honest with you, bro. Coming in, I was like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> Straight up. But sitting here, bro, you adamant. I mean, how many years later you're sitting here like, no, nah, you see you well, well, did what though? Did what? I mean, the house? Talk about he the house. He just explained that. Right. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Took some money, you know what I mean? That was never in what the What Define though. take some money though. Like what if somebody if somebody were to come up? Yo, to we you, want you to play at SC. I'm gonna give you three hundred thousand. Boom, it's right there. Never happened. That ne USC never gave me anything. Never gave me anything. I got a one thousand dollar scholarship check per. I mean a tuition check per month. Oh, not tuition. What is it? Uh, uh, sky, uh, it's Skype. Stipend. Yeah. Stipend check. Yeah, one one thousand dollars a month. All the check. players get it when you when That's you on scholarship. All, all I had all I had to live off of was one thousand dollars per month in L. A. My rent alone, me and my roommate, we split was fourteen eighty. So that's seven hundred and forty dollars a piece. Before you can get groceries, before you can pay your bills, before you can get some gas in the car to go wherever you got to go to, to try to get just to get to school. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Before you can do any of that, you already down to two hundred and sixty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
What, what, how are you supposed to survive off of that? What? So to me, that's where the that's where the you ask me what's wrong with the NCAA. It's bigger than that. It's the whole college system that needed to be reworked, right? Ain't no reason. There's no reason why I should be at home hungry. You know what I'm saying? Starving, like literally starving, hungry. I, I agree with that. After a game, on campus or whatever that is. Like, yeah, did we have food? Yeah, but it, that food was horrible. <laughs> it was the same spaghetti and hard chicken. It was banquet food. That's what it was, banquet food. Like, you got the hard chicken and the, like, I'm a top athlete. Like, I, I need to be eating the best because your body has to perform at, at the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. And that's a big thing right now. So, like, how do you, how do you uh, expect the NIL deal to, I guess, help? From yeah. guys being home related at night, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, me personally, I took the money, I tell y'all. <laughs> Listen, you gave it to me. if I, I went, if I, if, I back, <laughs> if I could go back, if I could go back, I wish I did. I mean, the, like I wish half the stuff that they said, just half of the stuff they said I was doing, I wish I actually <laughs> did it. Because at least it would have been for something, you know what I'm saying, rather than for nothing. and. And that's the thing, like, again, going back to the college experience, we was broke. We didn't have shit. Like, we didn't have no money. Like, I was driving a 1996 Ford Ranger with a shell on the back. It was a pickup truck, what year, what year was this? Nin this is 2003, 2004. Because I'm on a trip with you. We, we was in the Benz. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all you know I mean? I can't. Look, look. And then, look. Check it out. I, I mean, you know, I can't do no lying. Hold up, bro, hold up. And then, listen, listen. Don't do lying. No, I'm not. Check it out. Bro. Look, then, look, the next time, then I hung out with Matt Liner and um, Lindell White. Now, you know if I'm lying or not. Watch this. I went to their crib. They had apartment looking. I could see the um. Oh, yeah, show center. them. They have yeah. my trip. I didn't have that. I can't make this up. I ain't had that shit. You exactly right, because Show came to Come Tennessee on, when he left uh, I can't SC, make this up. And he was showing me pictures. I'm like, God damn, y'all was already in the league. Yo, and look, and look, and look. Yo, let's all oh, look. Dwayne Jarrett was the wide receiver. He pull up in the range. What? No, he shady lying. Stop playing, bro. Yo, look. Hey, he put extras on a it. Benz? He put extras on a it. Big, he put extras on it. He I'm been... so hungry. In the Benz. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, look, look, Liner, Staples Center. I'm 17. I'm like, yo, I, me I remember having the next tale. Saying like, yo, hey, they, they, that, they hey, the real that, stars. Right. <laughs> hey, they the real stars. Hey, hook that boy up to a lie detector right now. <laughs> yo, that boy up. The Staples Center, am I lying about that? I didn't live by the Staples Center. But I'm saying, liner them had. They, you gotta ask Matt about that. Bro. I don't know. Yo, where he, he, good he good at this. You're I don't Matt. know where he Matt lived. I never went to his crib. I'm in the bond. Yo, I ain't never went to that crib, so I don't know where they You went. You done? Am I done? You done? Because you got you, you had a lot to get off your chest. I want to make sure you though. had a... That was, yes. that was, that was no, really that was good, bro. Sure. We uh, were thank just you conversating. For, thank you for shit. No, that, 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 that was bigger than the conversation. Big. First of all, they owe him that. Going to the game, Reggie Bush, first of all, I can't name maybe three players bigger than Reggie Bush in college. Just one. Who? Just one. I'm thinking about like, like Tebow was crazy big. Not town. I'm not saying name. I'm not saying the name. No, he yeah. yeah. Tebow so he was big. You so right. my thing is like, yeah, owe him that. Reggie Bush in college was crazy. Crazy. So my thing like like yo, how, 
How is it that he can't, like, like now, okay, so let's say if he was now, right? Mm -hmm. The NIL, all the deals they got. Oh. The man. young boy that's from, he's from Pitt, the wide receiver now. Uh, what's his name again? Addison. Oh, Jordan Addison. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yo, he went to Pitt. He left Pitt to go to USC. He's balling I can't right blame now, too. Hold up. He's balling. He said, he told me that Alabama offered about six, $6 million. All these people have offered all this money. That's different well, now. different now. But, 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 now, but, now, but now, what I'm saying now, is, they, like, they made a big deal, but he fuck, owned man. that. They owe they they at least OM6. Trophy is a million. Yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, Hurry up. Call him right now. <laughs> no, listen, I wasn't trying to be funny, bro, because I mean, I mean, I think it's an honor for you to sit on our show. They get hurt by five. You could have went anywhere else. <laughs> you could have went anywhere else. So I appreciate you, and I want to make sure you have well, the space needed to get everything off your chest. Here's the thing is that information could have easily been researched mm. by anybody. If anybody wants to go and actually do their homework, they can easily find that information out. This ain't groundbreaking evidence. It's just groundbreaking because nobody's, I've never talked about it. Mm. But this ain't nothing new. We thank you for that. We've been dealing with this behind closed door for the last 15 years, whatever it is long it's been. <clears throat> so for me, it's nothing new. I've just been sitting here being patient, waiting, being patient, waiting, you know what I'm saying? That's it. And knowing that at some point in time, the situation was going to correct itself. So when you receive that trophy back, mm -hmm. what's the first thing you're going to do? Probably show it to my kids. Mm. That's I love it. it. Show it to my kids. Show it to my wife. Um, I feel like that experience was robbed of them, you know what I'm saying? Being able to see, you know, one of daddy's greatest accomplishments, um, you know, at home on the trophy stand. And uh, that's about it, bro. I already won it. You know what I'm saying? I already gave my acceptance speech on it. You know what I mean? It's the speech too, bro. You gonna yeah. cry? It is. It is what it is. Like you gonna cry, Reggie? <laughs> Be honest, bro. I don't know. Be I don't vulnerable. Think, listen, bro. I'm all cried out on God. I'm all cried out. <laughs> I've already cried on my tears. I've already. I've already been through that. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, getting it back is just gonna be for my kids, for my family. Damn, Shane, you see how and like impactful this is? I ain't, like, cry, this dude? I, I ain't crying either. You know, but that. <laughs> but that's, that's how but, much it means but, to him, though. But I think you know this. For me, I'm such a like. I, 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 my family is 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 now my focus. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? At this stage of my life, that's my focus is all about them. It's all about creating the best experience, best childhood. You know what I'm saying? I can for my kids, giving them everything that I never had, that we never had, um, because they deserve that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm coaching my kids in just about every damn sport. Um, you know, I feel like I'm a better athlete now than I was playing football because I got to speak to so many different sports now. I got to wear so many different hats. Right. My daughter plays tennis, golf. My son plays basketball, baseball, golf. My youngest son is playing baseball golf as well you know what i'm saying so and lil it's, uh, it's ballroom dancer ballroom dancer <laughs> you said this um i got a house of probably 10 kids yeah you know what I'm saying? but when i talk about my family you know what i mean what i didn't have what i want them to have the kids mm -hmm. like i'm getting an odd because like i'm always talking about kids and i get a joy to hear us as black men you know what i mean talk about family mm -hmm. and, and talk about some of the things that 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 you want them to have that we never had like yeah. and I can see it in your eyes like the yeah, joy yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of, of of what you're saying like football is football but I can tell that you're really happy and comfortable and content yeah. about football but like life is about 
the kids. Like, yeah, because when you, know, you after you retire, you see, you start to realize like life was bigger than football. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At that time, like football was everything. You know what I'm saying? Football was it. You know what I'm saying? And and then when you finish that stage, that chapter in your life, now we old because we all sitting here now. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not old, you guys. It's, you know, there's different chapters in your life, you know what I'm saying? And for me, this next chapter in my life is, is the focus on, you know, being the best version of myself, um, but also being the best father that I can be, being the best husband that I can be. You know, my, my goals now are so different from when I was younger in my 20s of things that I want to do and accomplish now because, you know, you start to realize my purpose is bigger right. and was always bigger than right. football. Right. But when you in football, you feel like this is it and this is, this is who I am. And the issue with that is when you find your identity in football, at some point in time, football is going to let you down. Yeah. Right? At some point in time, yeah. you're going to lose. Yeah. At some point in time, you're going to get injured you're going to be on the shelf, mm -hmm. right? Or you're going to be getting replaced, right? We all been replaced. Yep. And so that's the issue, Can you know, you that of, of, of... I personally never played with nobody better than me. <laughs> never. He's the only one to think, bro. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. But I, I do want to ask you this. The issue, hold on, I'm going to finish my point real quick. The issue with my, with, with that was when you find your identity in football, like I said, you know, football is going to let you down at some point. 11 years in the league, about 55 touchdowns. I know your numbers. Are you happy with your career? Absolutely. I wish, I wish, the only thing I wish was different is I didn't get as injured as I did, you know. And you can't that's, control that. Bro. You can't control that. You can't control the injuries, you know. And that's the only thing I felt like that ever slowed me down, was just getting injured. I felt like if I never got injured, my career would have been a lot different. But as y'all know, it's a 100% injury rate in the league, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. when. Right, right. That's so, right. you know, and, and at the running back position, we take a lot of trauma, you know what I'm saying? Playing in them trenches. Um, you yeah, know, the body, human body is only built to take so much, you know what I'm saying? And, and at some point, it was 2007, first year I got injured, tore my PCL. Next year, tore my medial meniscus, then had microfracture surgery, same year. Then the next year, we win the Super Bowl. Right. Like, it's crazy how, how shit just work out, you know what I'm saying? And, and for me, you, you know, I, I don't know how injured y'all been before, had surgeries, but. I never had a surgery. Oh, my high school I did. My I had three, six, four neck surgeries, so. though. Coming back from injury is one of the dangerous. hardest things to do, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, that was, that's obviously, that's just so tough, you know, trying to come back from injuries. But that's the only thing I, I wish was different was just the injuries portion of it. I wish didn't happen. I mean, that's what ended your career. Right, basically. Yep. Rams had a slip and fall. Hey, you, got paid for. Fall. you got paid for it. 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 Hey. How much they broke you off? 12.5. 12.5. I'm about to slip right now. Most of them backs, we owe to Reg, though. Like me, McCaffrey. Um, Who else? All them, like them, them backs, they owe him. Because they wasn't looking at dudes like us. They took, they took dudes like Marino and Chris Beanie Wells because of that. You know what I'm saying? So we do owe you that. And, and I, I watched Barry. That was my guy. I was watching Barry as much as I humanly, humanly possibly could. That was the guy like I tried to <clears throat> pattern my game after. It was Barry Sanders and Deion Sanders. And Gail Sanders. my two favorites ever of who all had, time. Who had more crazy work, you or Shady? Crazy work? Yeah. 
Shady has some work. Shady has some crazy work. He has some. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, better. <laughs> he's my idol, but uh, better. <laughs> he's my, he only played running back. See, I played receiver. I played punt Ooh. returner. I played Ooh. kickoff return. I my did everything. Just like crazy, crazy. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> so, so you won't sit it no more. So who? So you're you're, you're you have more crazy work? Yeah, right. I did more. I play running back. I don't know about nothing else. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, listen, he can't speak to all like, that. Tell me, crazy work is like, oh, top five highlights in the NFL. Let's talk about NFL he first. Talk about college. College ain't no comparison. Ain't no comparison. College ain't no comparison. But NFL, you take your top five highlights against. His top five. Not Reggie's. Everybody's in the room. Like you producers, <laughs> wives, you, him, everybody. You got crazy work, but you don't have no crazy work when you're going 60, 70 yards and scoring a touchdown. I haven't seen you take off on nobody. Now, you got a lot of yards, but you ain't got no. I don't, I don't I, trust me. I ask producer. I've been trying to. What's your longest touchdown? I got numbers. What's your longest touchdown? Your numbers can't touch. What is your longest <laughs> touchdown? Take it easy. I ain't playing running back. What's your longest touchdown? If I did, like... I'm just asking you a question. Can you answer I don't, I don't know. I got a lot of touchdowns. I don't know. What's your longest? Like 100 touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of them. 100. I don't know what you're going to tell me. What are you talking about? I got to go. Go ahead. You know what I mean? First time I went to... First, so when I got traded to Miami... Oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> first of all, when I got there, I was like, this is the biggest damn receiver I've ever seen in my life. Dude. Huge. Like I got this dude on the outside, we about to go to work. But I just never forget that team we was on, man. That team was crazy in Miami. I never seen like I never seen so many fights in training <laughs> camp, bro. We had fights every day. Every was single it him? day. Nah, it wasn't all him. It was some him, but it wasn't it wasn't all him. A man, lot of it was like truth, our O line. Tell I just wanted to compete. He was a competitor. Competitive maniac. <laughs> competitive maniac. All he obviously all he wanted to do was win. But I just remember going to that team, and we had so many good players on that team in Miami. Um, we just needed better coaching. Right. But just that was your first year going over a thousand, right? My first year going over a thousand. It was grinding too. Was it was grinding. nice too. We had two hundred yard games and everything. We was going ham that year. But just when, when we got on the same team, man. I uh, I saw B. Marshall's work ethic up front, you know what I'm saying? I saw the kind of man he was, the kind of person he was. Oh. And uh, I know his story. I know what you've been through, where you came from, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate just where you are right now, big dog, because you made it, you know what I'm saying? You got through it, you fought through it. And just like everybody here, we've all been through some you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Each one of our each stories one. is a movie. Right. Yes. Each right. one of our stories is a movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? We all been through some crazy stuff. I know you've been through some crazy stuff. Shady, you crazy as hell. I mean, y'all yeah. I mean, <laughs> you in your own group, actually. I don't really have. Bro. He might be the craziest <laughs> one. Right. Roger's never met with me personally. <laughs> <laughs> I never, never met Goodell. Yeah, but, but just all y'all stories, man, and everybody being here right now, being able to talk, you know what I'm saying, being able to do this, I think it's so dope. So for one, congratulations on everything y'all doing because I think this is dope. And it's, and it's a different perspective, you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. from a football player's lens, you know what I'm saying? And to me, that's a perspective that a lot of the world needs to hear. Can I ask you a question? Why our show and not any other platform? And I'm talking about, like, traditional. You could have went on any major outlet. Why yeah, our anywhere. show? You know they won't. I mean, like I said, for one, this information is not new. This is just stuff that the public, the main public doesn't know, you know what I'm saying? But 
anybody that wants to do a little research can go and find that information. It's just when I put it all together, now you understand why. Now you see the why, and that's the difference. We had to fight to get a meal, yeah. Wrongfully accused, we had to fight to get a pill. That's why we right to get a deal. He on the team, he gotta eat, you know. Spike, spike your skills, fat. Keep it riding for the fam, you gotta light the wooden wheels straight up. But in the past, bad, work up in the trash bag. I'll pass a lot to take the test before I pass class, yeah. And my family needed bread, I had to come correct. That's why I keep airing it out like I just passed gas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.